scripture, uh, Matthew chapter 4, continuing our series, What Did Jesus Do? And this is not planned, but it is so interesting that in light of the fact that we are going into fasting, that this would be our text of study for today. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 1 and 2, together, the Bible says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, after what? <laughs> Hold on, brothers and sisters. I, I'm just going, if you want to know what I'm doing, if you want to know what I'm going to preach next, read the book of Matthew. I'm just going through the book of Matthew. That's it. There's no rhyme or reason to this. I'm going through the book of Matthew. Is it not interesting that the next thing that Jesus did, the Bible says, is that he fasted for 40 days. I said, Father, if, we, if we're trying to be like you, let's go ahead and do what you're doing. Yeah. After fasting, how many days, everybody? 40. And how long? 40. He was what? Hungry. Listen, he was what, everybody? Hungry. Now, Luke 4, let's go to Luke 4. As you know, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The synoptic Gospels, which is to say the summary Gospels, are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is a different Gospel all unto itself. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke often relay the same accounts. And so Luke tells us the same story of what happened, but I like his perspective as well. Notice what the Bible says. Together reading, the Bible says, Jesus what? Left the Jordan and was led by who? Into the what? Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Notice the distinction there. Matthew said he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. Luke says he was led into the wilderness and he was tempted. So what's the real deal? Jesus went into the wilderness for the purpose of seeking his father. But while he was there, he got tempted. God does not tempt us, as James chapter 1 says. God does not tempt us. So understand this now. He did not go there to be tempted. It's just that when you, oh, thank God. When you go to seek God, yes. you're tempted. <laughs> and know that when we go into this 40-day fast, the enemy is going to try to destroy what God is doing. And so the Bible says he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them... Ooh, he was what, everybody? Hungry. Now, notice the Bible says at the end of the 40 days he was hungry, not during the 40 days. Mercy, Lord. The title of my message today is He Was Hungry. He Was Hungry. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, talk to us today. Deal with us today. Move in this place today. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Anytime you start talking about fasting, you get negative responses. Ah, let's just be honest. There are a couple of things uh, that we really don't like talking about. Uh, and incidentally, Jesus talks about a lot of things that most of us don't like talking about. The truth is, when I read those scriptures, the Bible says, and Jesus fasted, I, I simply should be able to say, hey, everybody, Jesus fasted, so let us fast. All right, let's open the doors of the church. And I should be able to sit down. But the truth of the matter is, 
is even though the Bible says that Jesus fasted, the Bible teaches on fasting, many of us have to be convinced to fast. We need a preacher to explain to us that fasting will not kill you. We need somebody to explain to us and demyth, demythologize, what's the word? Demythologize our false concepts of what fasting is. It's good to see uh, Brother Bonner here with us today. He's here visiting with his mother, and we're so glad to have him here from Washington, D.C. And so God is trying, he's trying to get us to buy into all the stuff that he teaches. But if we're honest today, we want the comfortable stuff. We want to do as much Jesus as we can handle, as we are comfortable with. But how many know that God calls us to do every single thing he tells us? Can I get a witness in here today? And so, I must be honest with you today, I don't like fasting. Thank God the pastor is the only one honest in here today. Ella Cox, I don't like pastoring, all right? I don't like uh, fasting. Don't like that either. Uh, sometimes. I don't like fasting because I like to eat. Anybody in here like to eat? Praise the Lord. I, I, no, I really, really like to eat. I, I mean, I like to eat. I am a restaurant fiend. I mean, I watch the Food Network. I mean, I, I mean I'm just, I'm a, I mean, some, some, some of my buddies laugh at me because I watch the Food Network, because I, I know, seriously, I, I know many of you like food, but not for real. I really, really like food. I like all nationalities. I want to travel just so I can go and eat different food. Last weekend, my wife and I went on our, uh, our little hiatus that we take every fifth Sabbath, and uh, the opportunity came for me to go to New York. And I'll be honest with you, I, I went to New York to preach uh, and, and deal with my wife, but I also went to New York because I know they got a lot of good food there. That's right. I, you know, I, if it was New York and if it was someplace else and then just wait a food, hey, where are we going to eat? Right, let's go to New York. Come on, say amen. Love the restaurants. When I got there, I said, take me to the baddest West Indian restaurant in New York. Oh, yeah. They said, you got to go to the door. I said, the door, take me to the door. <laughs> take me to the door. And, and, I, and I wasn't satisfied with the door. And, and I said, well, what else you got? You got to go to Negril. There's another restaurant there. And, and I had to have... A, 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 a authentic, oh, thank God, New York slice of pizza. Since I've been here in, since I've been here in, uh, in, uh, in Ohio, I'm sorry, I love Ohio. I mean, y'all got that corned beef sandwich, y'all holding that thing down. Y'all, I mean, y'all holding all that stuff down. But y'all ain't, ain't a slice of pizza in Cleveland that can shake a stick on New York City. Lord have mercy. I'm talking about real crust. Lord have mercy. When the, when the cheese slides off and it melts, it burns the roof of your mouth. Not that old sweet sauce that you get from Papa John's. I can't even eat Papa John's and Domino's. That stuff gets it. That ain't no real pizza. So take me there. And, and when I lived in Chicago, I loved deep dish pizza in Chicago. And those are my days of eating red meat, and they would just say that, that deep dish pizza would, on top it'd be sauce and, and cheese, and then just the whole fill of it would be beef and, and, and sauteed onions and tomatoes. Oh, and that, now for some of you, that does not turn you on. But I'm just telling you today, can I just be honest? I love to eat. I like Korean food, and 
I like Indian food. And I mean, I, mean, I, I love it all. And one of my greatest weaknesses, as I have been so transparent with all of you, has been my appetite. I'll declare, I've been vegetarian three, three or four times. I've been a vegan one time. I remember one time I went a whole year and was vegetarian, and I graduated from Pine Forge Academy. It was my senior year, so my mom had all the family folks there, and my mom knows how to make fried chicken to make to smack somebody. And I had gone 365 days without having any meat, and then just the smell of it. I mean, I didn't even, any, I mean, I, it got no fight out of me. Next thing you know, man, I had chicken grease all over my face. I love to eat. And why is it that, that we especially like to eat the stuff that's no good for us? I mean, just look at the way us country folk are. I mean, the stuff that's considered to be uh, uh, delicacies in the African-American culture are the most vile things. Chitterlings. Chicken foot. I'm talking about West Indians now. Chicken foot soup. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, just foolishness. We eat this stuff. And some of us, we cannot go without it. We cannot go without it because, and I'm making a transition now, uh, the, the seat of all morality and decision making begins with the appetite. Gabriel, if you can control your appetite, you can control anything. But Americans are anti-fasting. Anything that calls us to sacrifice what we eat or to sacrifice what is pleasurable to us. You see, we live in a culture that says, have it your way. We live in a culture in Ohio where it has the most fast food restaurants per capita in the United States. And when you're hungry or when you think you're hungry, sometimes we're not hungry, we're just addicted, we stop and eat, we have a snack, we pop something in our mouths, and some of us, help us Lord, we eat all day. Well, have you ever asked yourself, why is it that we like soda, which is carbon, more than we like water? Why is it that everything that is cooked, and, and I want you to start reading labels now, has high fructose corn syrup, which is a, it's like sugar on crack. Has anybody noticed the food these days? Take a McDonald's french fry. Fresh, take a fresh one. And then I want you to throw it under the seat of your car and leave it there for a year. Come back and take it out. And I bet you it will not have decomposed. It will not get any mold on it. That's because there are chemicals in the food that make us addicted to it. That's right. And it doesn't even, it doesn't even spoil. That's it. And, and so when you began to teach on fasting, when you began to talk about self-denial, uh, people are thrown up in arms about what they should or should not do. Well, unless Oprah says so. Oprah is, uh, how many know she, she's, she's, she was on this 21-day detox 
which was basically a 21-day Daniel fast. It's a 21-day fast of a vegan diet. But see, please forgive me for saying this, smart people and generally smart people and wealthy people, it's not synonymous, but a lot of times it is. If you're, why is Whole Foods in certain neighborhoods? They will never build a Whole Foods in the Glenville area. They will instead put a Popeye's chicken here. Or a Rally's. Do you know why? Because their assumption is, is that these ignorant people don't care about their health. The only thing they care about is what tastes good. And so some of you, it could be healthy and good for you. I ain't going to eat this. But you're dying. You're overweight. You're bi- you're, you are 50 years old in body and about 30 years old in lifetime. And we, and, and it don't bother us. We're just going, so I'd rather die and be happy. Well, you're not going to die and be happy when you're laying up in a hospital and you're experiencing all the pain and suffering of a bad lifestyle. I'm not really coming to preach about health today. I'm, I want to talk about appetite because it, it is true. The first temptation in scripture was a temptation not for sex. And they're they about to put some commercial on the Super Bowl this weekend to try to imply that Adam and Eve's thing was sex. It was not sex. The first temptation was a temptation of appetite. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the devil came to him, and the first thing he said to him, turn these stones into bread. That's because it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual truth that if you can get victory over your appetite, you can get victory in any area of your life. Fasting and health, though. There are some benefits to fasting that are not spiritual, and I want to talk about. First, fasting removes unnecessary weight the natural way let me move fasting helps now this is major fasting let me come on down here for this one this thing made me nervous (laughs) fasting helps eliminate the five pound inner toxic waste dump five to ten pounds We have five to ten pounds of toxic waste in our bodies right now. Five to ten pounds of inner toxic waste dump that pollutes the average adult cells. Tissue, organs, storage, area, colon. You know, colon cancer is one of the, uh, let me go this way so it doesn't mess up. You know, colon cancer is one of the big uh, cancers nowadays. I actually had a professor, a dietitian. He believes that every disease has its root in the colon. And for many of us, we don't know it unless you've gone through some kind of fast or detox or cleanse. Has anybody ever done it before? And I'm not trying to be gro- I'm trying to gross you out. But if you've ever done any detox, fast, or cleanse, I mean, you look over in that, in that stool yeah. and you say to yourself, that came out of me. <laughs> and the thing is, that stuff stays in there. We are, we've been taught, some of you know, that flesh foods stay in your body for years. Chemical toxins are there, five pounds. 
five to 10 pounds. Heavy metals, there are metals in foods, drugs, un- uneliminated metabolic waste, excessive cholesterol triglycerides in the bloodstream, arterial plaque, excess mucus, and intestinal parasites. We got five to 10 pounds of it in our bodies. And so fasting helps to eliminate because it gives our body's digestive system a chance to rest. Some of your digestive systems, when they see you coming, they're like, oh my gosh. This Negro going to eat all day. He going to put soda in me. He going to put all kind of junk in me. He's going to put all that medication in me. He's going to put all this. He's saying, can you just give me a break? Another benefit they say for fasting is for mental clarity. It it clears your mind. Uh, Fasting uh, helps you to move yourself, this is what they say, uh, back toward your life's birthright, potential of optimal health increasing your happiness and healing power as you, and here's the thing, scientifically reset your body's odometer and greatly enhance your quality of life. So in other words, fasting helps your body to have a chance to hit the reset button. Now, what is the definition of fasting? Uh, We're really almost done. To abstain from food. Now, this is the dictionary's uh, definition. Fasting is to abstain from food or to restrict, restrict oneself to diet, either as a religious observance or as a ceremonial expression of grief. To go without food, also to go without drink, it is a time of abstinence. That's the dictionary's version of fasting. Now the truth is, is Oprah's fast, and a lot of the fasts and detoxes that you'll see in modern society are for vainglory. <clears throat> People fast because they want to look good. And many, if I told you, listen, you can lose 100 pounds if you fast for 40 days and you'll look like Holly Berry. <laughs> and, then I could, and then if I charge $150 for it, you pay the money just so that you can trim down a little bit. Come on, say Amen. If I told some brothers that, listen, man, you can get a 25-pack, not an 8-pack, just 25, but your chest would stick out a certain way and, and you would have a certain form, we would do, right now I'm doing this little workout and it's killing me. And it's like, it's like, pers- it's like personal murder what I'm involved in. <clears throat> this workout that, I, that my wife has me doing. <laughs> Come on, we're in this thing together. Amen, somebody. I mean, that, that I'm putting my body through all this stuff just because I want to look good. This ain't spiritual. I just want to look good. I want my wife to say, boy, you bad. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. That's why some of y'all don't got no more romance up in that thing because you don't let yourself go. Amen, somebody. <laughs> and see, and you talk about fasting and, and you say to yourself, but God created us to eat. God created the human body to require food to keep it operating. Amen, everybody? <laughs> to make sure the body gets fuel. And most of us don't see food as fuel. God created within us an appetite for food, and that appetite is called what? How many ever, anybody ever get hungry before? It's called hunger. Some of you are hungry right now. And especially after I talked about all that food earlier, I really messed you up. Amen? 
So eating satisfies our appetite and gives us the strength to do the activities we need to do throughout the day. So why would a person choose to fast if they actually need to eat? Well, here's some myths about fasting that many of us live by. First of all, and forgive my voice, I had a little cold, so I'm working through it. Must have three meals a day and several snacks in between. That's a myth. We got to eat three meals a day. Your body was not designed to eat three meals a day. It's actually designed to eat two meals a day. Fasting is injurious to health. That's not true. Unless you are already severely unhealthy. It will sap your strength. That's not scientifically true. It destroys body tissue, pastor. That's not true either. But, but let's get past all that. Why does the Bible tell us? What does Jesus teach us about fasting? Go back to your text, Matthew chapter 4. Let's make a few points and get out of here. I, I just believe today that if Jesus did it, then we ought to do it. Come on, say amen. There must be something behind this act of self-denial. There must be something behind this act of, 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 of commitment and dedication. Why? fasting. Why put yourself through that? Because the Lord Jesus did. It is such a good reason, but, but why did Jesus fast? Number one, the first reason, as we look at the text here, we learn Jesus fasted because of his what, everybody? Assignment. Because of his what, everybody? <clears throat> look at your neighbor and say, I have an assignment. Have an assignment. Before Jesus started his ministry, he said, I need to fast. I remember as we were making our decision to come to Cleveland, Ohio, the president called me three times. I was like, no, number one time. No, number two time. No, number three time. The third time, he said, come on up here to Ohio. He said, come, take, he said, come to my office and let's talk. I said, you're my friend, so that's the least I can do. But I had every intention of getting up there and telling him no. When I got up there, he pitched to me this large vision and told me how much of a good match I'd be for the church and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, you ever watch uh, uh, Snoopy and, and Linus in there? You know, the mom started blah, blah, blah. blah, blah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but no, let me talk about fasting now. So after that, I went home and my wife and I, I said, babe, I said, we ain't really prayed about this or fasted. I said, the least thing we could do is fast and pray. The minute I began to fast, I started hearing the voice of God. And it's not that I don't know God's voice, but fasting does something to open you up to hear God that you, in a way that you normally don't hear him. And had I not fasted, baby, you know this, had we not sought God in fact, we would not be here right now. But I had to, I had to clear my mind because of the assignment. And notice the number 40. Somebody say 40. 40. This is for Bible students today. The number 40 is a number of preparation in the Bible. It's a number of what, everybody? Uh, 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 Moses went up into the mountain for 40 days. Moses was in the wilderness for 40 days before he led the children of Israel out, uh, out of Egypt. 40 is a number of preparation. The 12 spies, they went into the land of promise and they searched it out for 40 days, preparing to go in. Israel was in the wilderness for how many years, everybody? 40 years. God couldn't take them in the promised land. He had, to, he had to give them 40 years of preparation. And Jesus himself fasted for how long, everybody? How many see it? How many see it in, in the scriptures? How many don't preach about it? No, brother. Mm -mm. 
Thank, well, you know, actually, let me say this. If you see 40, if you see 80, and don't, and don't be mad about this, y'all. If you see 130, the point of this message today is that you must fast. And so some of us might get confused about when should I fast, how much should I do when I fast. Don't let that stuff bother you. At the end of the day, brothers and sisters, don't let that stuff bother you. The bottom line is you can ignore Moses, you can ignore the 12 spies, but Jesus fasted for 40 days. Now, I think he raises something. I think it's a good point to make. The Bible never commands fasting. There is not a text in Scripture where the Bible says you must fast. I want you to remember that. But people that needed something from God and that found themselves in a place where they needed God to move, they did more than what was required of them. And even after Pentecost, which I didn't realize until study, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he spent 40 days with the disciples in preparation. Would you say amen? Let's go to number two. Let's pause and have a word of prayer. A sense of spirit of distraction in here. <clears throat> My voice is giving way. We pray for that brother. <clears throat> we pray for him. His mind is not right. And we pray for that brother. But we will not allow the enemy to steal the seed of the word of God. So right now your hands are lifted and you're interceding. Because I told you that when the Bible says when Jesus went to fast, the enemy came. When you start talking, thank God for this. We needed this moment, God, to show us that the enemy hates it when we call on the Lord. <clears throat> so God, you better help me now teach this word. Help me get this word in the spirit of your people. God, help them to see that this is spiritual warfare. And that desperate measures require desperate acts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let's give God praise right now. Come on. The situation is definitely under control. Give me a little bit more volume. I'm going to need it. So number two, the second reason why we see Jesus fasted is because of the attack of the adversary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn me down a little bit. Turn me down. Because of what, everybody? When you are being attacked, it is a good time to go into fasting. The Bible says that Jesus began his ministry and he knew, I told you last week, week before, that the enemy was going to come after him. It's combat. How many know that Christianity is warfare? And so there must be times where we just don't pray. But we pray and fast. Number three, because of his appetite for his father. Look at the text there. The Bible says in Matthew 4, and I want you to look there at verse number 1. The Bible says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now watch this. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. 
So the question was, why wasn't Jesus hungry during the 40 days? You know why? Because his hunger for his father was being satisfied. Please don't, please don't, don't miss this. Spirit of the living God, take charge right now. Jesus' hunger for his father was greater than his hunger for food. When we fast, we are intentionally denying ourselves pleasures, thank God. Because we're trying, this is it, this is it, this is it. We're trying to get God's attention. Now notice this now. Somebody's saying, what do you mean I need to get God's attention? Isn't God already aware of what's going on in my life? Yes. Just like I'm aware of what is going on in my kids' lives. So for example, sometimes uh, Shanae and I will be talking. And uh, well, let me go back some. Do you remember the time I told you about Camden and Taylor playing in the bedroom? And, and normally, Camden and Taylor will call me. They'll say, uh, Daddy, uh, come here. And what do you do, parents, when, you, when your kids tell you to come here? You say, uh, in a minute, you know, hold on, you know. When my kids call me, I don't know about y'all, I don't just turn around and start walking when they tell me to come here, you know. It, you know, you just say, it got to be important. Camden, I heard Taylor say, Daddy, come here. Then I heard my son say, Daddy! I stopped ironing, and I don't even remember what I did next. I bolted into the bedroom. You see, fasting, see, when you pray and you put fasting on top of it, it's, it's an act of sincerity and desperation to God. And it's like you're saying, God, I need your help. No, God, I really need your help. I'm so desperate for you to move. I'm willing not to eat for a season because I need a move from you. So fasting is getting, somebody say this, is getting what everybody? God's attention. So this is what you're saying when you fast. More than my body needs food. Or more than I need Facebook. More than I need television. More than I need to eat some sweets. More than I, than I need to, to play a video game. More than I need whatever. You're saying, more than that, my soul needs you. Fasting is a declaration. Somebody say it's a declaration. It is a declaration, thank you Jesus, of war. You're saying to God, yeah, I've needed you before, but I really need you now. Fasting is for the desperate. Who's fasting for everybody? If you're not desperate, don't fast. If you're not hungry for God to move, then don't fast. But fasting is for folk that just have got to have God come to their rescue. Is there anybody in here right now that you have a situation you're going through? Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's a move of God my wife and I have been praying for. And I thank God for this fast because I believe God is going to move in the next 40 days. Fasting alerts all of heaven. Fasting alerts all the angels. Fasting alerts alerts the Holy Ghost. Fasting and prayer alerts God the Father. Fasting and prayer alerts Jesus. And it says, Father, I'm desperate. I need you to move right now. Some quick examples. In Daniel, the 10th chapter, 
The Bible says that Daniel was praying because God had given him a vision and he could not understand it. So you know what Daniel did? Listen, y'all. If you ever get to a place in your life where you need understanding from God, take a time to fast and say, just like I did. I said, God, reveal to me your will. And the Bible says that Daniel fasted for 21 days. While he was fasting, the Bible says that the angel of God had beat back the devil that was trying to come and destroy Daniel because Daniel dared to fast. Esther. Anybody remember the story of Esther? Yes. Haman was trying to do everything he could, Michael Tate, to, to destroy the people of God. And so he finally seemed like he had won. And he declared, he said, anybody that is a Jew will be killed. Yes. So what did uh, Esther do? Esther didn't fast at first. Mordecai came to her and said, put on sackcloth and ashes and begin to pray. He said, Esther, you better go and you better handle this situation. Esther said, I can't do this thing. He said, no. He says, that's why God has called you for such a time as this. So Esther's back was against the wall. If she didn't move, every Jew would be annihilated. So what did Esther do? She just didn't get on her knees and say, God, I need you to bless me. Esther said, she said, call a fast. And in this text, it was an absolute fast. They didn't eat. They didn't eat. They didn't drink any water for three days. They said, God, we need you to move. And God moved. This is my favorite one, and I'll end on this one. In 2 Chronicles, go there, chapter 20. If there's understanding, let me hear you say amen. How many are praying for the pastor today? What an awesome attack by the enemy today. What a loser he is. But now I know that where we're going is in the right direction. <clears throat> I had all the voice in the world, and all of a sudden has gone out. Uh, the second Chronicles 20 verse 1, notice this. The Bible says, after this, the Moabites and Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Y'all missed that. That's the equivalent of, of saying Russia, China, <laughs> Iraq, have aimed their nuclear weapons and launched them at America. You got three major nations that are at least 10 times larger than Israel saying, we're coming to invade you and destroy you. How many know they're just getting down and saying, Lord, need your help. Help me, Father. Then turn the TV on. Sit down and watch Real Housewives of, 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 uh, of Atlanta. <laughs> or get on. The God, I need you to move. Then get on Facebook. And be looking at, no, 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 no. When you're in a desperate situation, notice what the Bible says. Go now to verse uh, number two. The Bible says, so the men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It, has al it is already in, in Hazazan uh, Tamar, that is in Gedi. Verse three, notice what the Bible says. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek God. Some of you know the story. The Bible says after they began to fast and pray. The Bible says when the battle actually started raging, God revealed to them through fasting and prayer, put the choir in front of the army. 
and tell the soldiers to put up their knives. Tell the soldiers to put up their swords. Tell the soldiers to put up their shields. And let the choir just start singing to the God, to the God of heaven. The Bible says, in the beauty of holiness. The Bible says, see, warfare demands a desperate response. The Bible says, as they began to praise God in the battle, arrows are flying and rocks are flying and the enemy is advancing. But as they began to praise God, the Bible says that the praise of God caused confusion in the enemy and the enemy was held at bay because God's people fasted. Oh, what am I saying to you? Fasting makes a difference. After we fast, God's hand is required to move in our behalf. What did Jesus say about fasting as we close this? Matthew 6, 16 through 18 says. Now notice, I told you earlier. I told you earlier that there is no command in the Bible to fast, Sister Anthony. It's not there. The Bible says you should fast. But notice what Jesus says, Terrence Macklin. He assumes that those that are trying to be like him will fast. So he didn't say, if you fast. He didn't say, if you feel like you can fast. He says, there will come a time. And how many have been there before? Where you're in the midst of hell. And the devil is coming after you with everything that he's got. When the enemies of your soul are trying to take you out, even in your sleep, you don't even know. The enemy is coming after you. He's trying to take your family. He's trying to take your children. He's trying to take your marriage. He's trying to take your sanity. The enemy just comes. He tries to destroy God's church. And notice now, Jesus says a time will come. He says, so when you fast. He said, don't look somber. And try to be spiritual as the hypocrites do. He said, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. He said, truly I tell you, they have received their reward. He says, but when you fast. He said, put some clothes on. Lotion your face. So that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting. But only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees. Oh, your father, thank God. Your father who sees what is done in secret. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He says, we'll reward you in public. Right now, the enemy in secret is trying to stop the plan of God in your life. But how many know that the secret things belong to God? How many know no matter what the devil is trying to do, if you call on God, if you humble yourself, if you seek his face. Notice what else Jesus says in Matthew 9. The Bible says, then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Know this, that when Jesus was here, his disciples did not fast with him. He never called his disciples unto a fast. Let me tell you why. Verse 15 says, Jesus answered, how can the guests... Wake up, y'all. Wake up, y'all. Y'all better get this thing. Uh, What we're really about to show you is why we fast. How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn or fast 
while he is with them. The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will what? See, the disciples did not fast because Jesus was physically with them. Because Jesus has not physically come back yet, then we have all the more reason to fast. Fasting is for people who want more of him. Fasting is for people who are not satisfied with the amount of Jesus they have. They fast because they want more. Mark 9. I believe this is our last text. The Bible says, uh, and I've told this story many a time, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. The Bible says that Jesus had been in the mountain. When he came down from the mountain, there was this demon that had possessed this boy. The Bible says that the demon had such taken charge of this boy that it took charge of him his whole life. He brought him to the disciples. The disciples couldn't do anything with him. They tried to cast him out. I could see him, you know, looking at their little manual. Was, well, Jesus taught us to do. Now, hey, hey, man, Peter, you skipped step two. In the name of Jesus, come out of him. That's what you should have said. Okay. In the name of Jesus, come out of him. Nothing happened. You know, they, they, you, no, man, you got to raise your voice a little bit louder. In the name of Jesus, come out of him. Nothing happened. No, man, you got to moan a little bit. In the name of Jesus, you got to come out of him. Still nothing happened. You know, fall over, roll around on the ground, hit him upside the head and see what happens. How many know they were there all day? They tried to cast the demon out. Nothing happened. Then Jesus shows up on the scene and Jesus deals with the devil on the spot. Now notice this. When he got with the disciples afterwards. Oh, I hope y'all get this. Well, that devil has tried to come in here today. When Jesus came, the disciple says, man, why couldn't we cast out the devil? He said, this kind. He said, so he said to them, this kind can only come out by nothing. Nothing else will get this thing done except, Chris, prayer and fasting. There are some things in life, I hope the people hear me today, Holy Spirit. There are some things in life that require more than your routine. Your routine hadn't got you anything. You got to break the routine and get God's attention. You got to cry out to him in prayer. And not only that, you got to fast because certain things don't happen unless you pray and fast. All right, I'll read this one. In Isaiah 62, it gives us imagery of what happens when we fast. Get ready to come, Michelle. When I saw this, I was like, whoa. It, it paints a picture of what happens in heaven when we fast. Notice what Isaiah says. He says, I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be what, everybody? This is talking about individuals that pray and fast. He says, they will not be silent how often? Day or night? He says, you who call on the Lord. Now, let me pause here. How many know that persistent prayer gets answered? Yes. Yes. 
The story is told of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the persistent widow in the Bible who came to a king and she kept begging him. And the Bible says that that persistent faith gets answers. Notice this now. He says, you who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest. Now watch this. And give him no rest. Oh, y'all missed that. When we pray and fast, Carl Poole, let me say it a different way. I want Glenville to be a church that keeps God up all night. <laughs> now, I know God doesn't go to sleep. But I want us to create so much havoc in heaven that all of heaven is trying to strategize and figure out how can we come to the aid of these people. They just won't leave me alone. They just keep on bothering me. And, even, and, and they've gone so far now, they're, they're not even eating. They've turned Facebook off. They turned the television off. The Holy Ghost then says, he says, they're serious now, Father. He says, they're sincere now, Father. They want a blessing now, Father. And, and, the, and then, thank you, Jesus. Your Father in heaven, he is a sucker for helping folk. He's a sucker for prayer and fasting. He can't help but not respond to the prayers of the saints that pray with power and with fasting. Let me just give you this illustration and I'm going to be done. Um, has anybody ever seen, let me have this mic here, pole vaulting and high jumping. There are two different kinds of high jumps in the Olympics. One is high jumping. Now, I wish I had something to illustrate this, but for those of you who ran track and field cavers, I know you did that. High jump is when you run as fast as you can to a designated spot. And then there is a high bar. Uh, the highest is generally about seven feet. In which, and seven feet is about a little bit taller than the top of that doorway. Or maybe even higher. It's when you run as fast as you can. And, and, and then when you get to that line, you propel your body in the air to get over the high bar, and they call that high jumping. And so this brother here, you see him on the screen, he's running with all of his might, and he uses momentum to press himself over. But notice now, he does not have any equipment, he does not have any tools, he simply is just using the force from his own body and his legs to push him over. If I could use this as an illustration, high jumping is like regular prayer. This is like your devotional life. See, you're running as fast as you can. What enables you to do that is the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know when you're praying, you can't do it without the Spirit of God? The Bible says that pray, that even when we pray, the Spirit of God must make inter intercession for us. So regular prayer is like high jumping. Normal people, uh, now I'm, I'm just saying normal people, the average person in here, Pastor Davis, if he were to run to a seven-foot pole, how many know Elder Davis loves the Lord, but he can't get over that pole? Come on, I got to pick on him. Bob Bailey, you know you can't climb that thing. Maybe in your best days you might have been able to do it, but you, you got to run with all your strength, you got to be in your best shape, and then you can propel yourself over. So that's like regular prayer. But you know, pole vaulting is more like fasting and praying. And so I'll show you this brother here who's pole vaulting. It amazes me that you can take this 
small fiberglass pole that you're heavier than, that is lightweight, and this pole has a way of propelling you somewhat uh, 18 feet in the air. How many know the average human being? No, no human being. If he were to run to an 18-foot pole, he could not propel himself in the air. You see, that pole, that, that pole, that bar, that high bar represents certain experiences in your life. There are some experiences in your life that your devotional life can't handle. There are certain experiences in your life that showing up to church cannot handle. There are certain experiences in your life that just reading your Bible cannot handle. There are some situations, thank you Jesus, where you have got to run not only with all your might, but you have to put your weight on something. Now, see, the reason why I like to call fasting pole vaulting is because fasting doesn't make sense. Why well, am I put myself through all this turmoil for 40 days? It don't make no sense to go without any food. And it doesn't make sense that if I run based on the laws of physics, that if I put myself on a tiny pole, that I can launch myself over an 18-foot pole. But you know what the law is called of physics? It's called the law of the conservation of energy. See, what happens is when you're running that fast and when you take that pole and you stab it into the ground, what happens is, is your energy from your running is now, tra- <laughs> is now transferred to the pole. And so the pole now has the energy. And when you put your weight on the pole, what gets you over is not you. See, that's what high jumping does. You get yourself over that. But see, pole vaulting, you can't get yourself over that bar. The only way you can get over is you got to have some extra help. You got to call in for reinforcements. And when we fast and pray, when we pray and fast, we're saying, God, I can't get over this mountain. God, I can't get the victory over this addiction. God, I'm tired of having a bad attitude. God, I'm tired of the devil coming in my life. God, I'm tired of the enemy messing up stuff in my marriage. God, I'm tired of giving in to sin. God, I'm tired of falling on my face. God, I need to get your attention so I can't just go through the motions. I can't just do what I've been doing. Ah, not only am I going to pray this time but I'm willing to give up some food because I want you more than I want food I'll give up Facebook because I want you more than I want Facebook I'll give up I'll give up juice and soda because I want the water of life more than I want the water that this shall never always cause me to thirst again hear me now y'all if you're desperate you're fast Michelle play a little something right there The Bible says after Jesus fasted for 40 days, he got the victory over the devil. And then the Bible says, and then he was hungry. My question today is, how many of you are hungry? How many are hungry? I want you to take out this little card that I gave you. And there are some of you that need to take up a fast.